Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. This is One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is indeed Sweep of the Nation, episode 174. Holy Lord, we are getting up there in age. I am getting grayer by the episode. Every Think about that. Every episode, I just get grayer and grayer folks we got a lot to talk about here thank you for supporting this ep- this episode 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 show show and episode whatever just thank you for your support i appreciate you guys tuning in downloading subscribing liking favoriting commenting you know all that kind of stuff is very important and it's very good and i appreciate each and every one of you we've got a lot to talk about today Recap week number two in the National Football League. We'll preview week number three. I am your host, Jeff Manns. It is a solo show today, as it usually is on One Man's Opinion, hence the title of the show. Uh, you find me, you could hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87. I host a show called Elite Sports on that network. Also, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with Bob Harris every Sunday morning from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. I am part owner and chief content officer of fantasyguru.com. About to add a big new title to my resume here in the very near future. So that is exciting. Keep updated for that. I'll let you guys all know once everything's official on there. Follow me on social media. At Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. All right, folks, a lot to get to, man. We will, uh, by popular demand, last episode, you guys said you want waiver talk. I'll give you some waiver talk. I'll give you some buy low, sell high. You know what I'm going to do this week is uh, this has been a crazy week. I don't know if you guys are subscribers to fantasyguru.com. I don't know if you're listeners of elite sports. Some of you, I'm sure, don't do either one of those probably. I, I don't know what the demographic is. I suppose I should know, but let's be honest, I don't. Um, what I do know is things are getting crazy. And by the way, let me also mention this podcast is uncensored. We don't chop anything. We don't edit anything. We don't, Sean Engel, our producer, all he does is make me sound better in volume and and clearer and things like that. But the language is going to be bad because I'm about to dump a lot. This will probably set the record again, reset my own record for personal curses in a podcast because I'm pretty fired up. Got a lot of things to say. I've been itching for this episode pretty much for a week now, but uh, you know, I, I, every time I think things are going to get better, they really don't. So I'll dive in here in a few moments there, but no kids, no sensitive ears. You know, I don't know where this episode will go. So if you are like, I don't know what, what's the word, uh, 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 up, you get upset easily. If you're the type of person that calls a manager everywhere you go, this is not, going to be for you man this is just not your show don't you know curses i'll probably get i don't know i may get fucking political i have no fucking idea i have no idea and i don't have a political bone but i think some of you do and that guides your entire fucking lives and thus you become assholes out in society and when you're an asshole in society you affect me and when you affect me i say it on the show and i'm gonna do that here today as well 
So let's talk about week two. Obviously, you know, I'm recording this about 24 hours later, uh, a little over 24 hours since Nick Chubb went out for the season with just a horrific knee leg injury. We don't know if he'll ever play again. He, I think he's my favorite player. I don't know. I don't rank favorites, right? It's not my style, but I don't know of a player I respect more in the league that I enjoyed watching more in the league than Nick Chubb. Pray he gets back on the field, but, you know, losing this season, age 27, trying to come back at 28, second complete and utter knee blowout, I doubt we see Nick Chubb play, and if we do, never at the effectiveness he was. Basically, what we saw 24 hours ago was the end of a Hall of Fame career. He was on pace and going to be the all-time leading yards per attempt leader and probably top 25, top 30 for sure in rushing yards and uh, done. It's just like that. So it's a, it's a shame. It's a bummer. Fortunately, he did get his big you know second contract. So a young man's taken care of, which is obviously very important as well. But it's fucking gutting. Um, I'll talk about Jerome Ford. I'll just say it now. Pick up Jerome Ford. It's not that hard. Anybody who's making this complicated – I don't know what's wrong with you. It's Cleveland Browns are the number one fantasy rushing attack in the league. Nick Chubb, there was nobody better situated than Nick Chubb. And even though Jerome Ford won't necessarily be be Nick Chubb, 92% of that is really fucking good. Jerome Ford rest of season right now is an RB one. I've got him at 11 right now at fantasyguru.com. So Rest of season, number 11, and that's just how it is. He's The offensive line's great. Uh, you guys want to tell me, you you, you want to not believe in somebody, go, go watch some film on Wyatt Teller, the right guard of the Cleveland Browns. Watch him absolute bulldoze people and then tell me how they won't be able to run the ball because Nick Chubb's not there. They'll still be able to run the ball. All right, and so you go get forward, you push all your chips in. You're not going to have a better waiver pickup this year. Just not going to happen. The only problem is if you're not allowed zero waiver dollar bids or if your league doesn't allow you to make roster moves, ads, and drops after the waivers period ends, then you're in trouble because you can't not have any dollars. You can't not make any moves. Like, that's impossible. You can't win a championship. People that do that, no matter who it is, it doesn't matter if it's the best player on earth. It doesn't matter. You still need to rotate defenses and kickers and tight ends and quarterbacks and other injured players. Like you still, even if you get 25 points a game from somebody, if you're negative, if you take a zero several times a year, (laughs) that, that 25 points you think you're getting is actually 12 and a half points. And you could have just spent $1, picked up a 12 and a half point per game guy. It's completely ruinous. So be careful with that. Saquon Barkley also injured this week. I mean, I don't know. Unlike this is why systems matter. That's why everything I do is system-based and I just plug in the pieces. All I need to know who's the starting running back of the Browns. Okay. Uh, Receivers for the Chiefs. Okay. You know, I just know where to go. And it's pretty easy. Don't attach yourself to the players individually. 
but I'm not touching any, just like I didn't touch any Ravens last week when JK Dobbins went down, I'm not going to touch any giants with Saquon Barkley down. Now there's news. Maybe Barkley's getting better and rapid fire. Maybe, but I'm not counting on it. I'm not interested quite frankly in anything New York giants related, man. No fucking way. They, you want to talk about a dog shit team. Holy cow. They should have, obviously they should have lost. You know, that's how you know there is a God is. And again, there is one, but he's too fair to everybody. And that pisses the smart ones like us off because the Cardinals were whooping that ass. I mean, they were whooping that fucking ass. 20 nothing at halftime. I I believe it was third or uh 28. I think it was 28 to nothing at one point or 28 I'm sorry, it was 28 to 7 at another point midway through the third quarter. Uh, 28 to 7, yeah. I mean, game was fucking iced. Giants came back, but there's nothing here, man. There is nothing on earth. In New York. So good luck against San Francisco on Thursday night. Going to get your ass kicked for sure. Um, Other takeaways from, uh, I got, I got a lot to say. So what I'm going to do today, I'm going to talk hot starts and cold starts. And I'll talk about players. I think that's, I need to settle some people's minds. I need to tell you where we're going to start panicking, where we're not going to start panicking, when we start panicking, when to not start panicking. Uh, I'll do that. I'll give you the best matchups, best matchups of week number three as well. So that's the way I'm going to take it. Hot starts, slow starts, discuss some players as it pertains um, to that. But, uh, you know, other takeaway, I got a lot of takeaways because, I mean, Justin Fields, Chicago Bears, absolutely terrible. Unlike the rest of the world, I didn't expect a lot from the Bears. I didn't. I didn't expect a lot. I expect improvement, though. And they're not giving us that. And Justin Fields was fucking horrific. I mean, horrific on Sunday. Just fucking terrible. So talk about that a little bit on, obviously, slow start players, right? Makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, what else? Uh, Garrett Wilson, I'm sure, you you know, you guys still happy you cut him? or, Or sorry, you traded him for pennies on the dollar? I don't think you should be. I really, if he's going to score, get 80 yards and a touchdown against Dallas, what the fuck do you think he's going to do at home against the Patriots? What do you think he's going to do at home against the Dolphins? What do you think he's going to do when he's playing all these other, like he's, they're going to throw a lot and he's going to get a lot more volume added to it. So um, good luck with all that, everybody. Um, DFS core four was very good. 50 points, nearly 50% of what it took to cash in cash games. It was a profitable winning week for myself, yours truly, not only in cash, but in GPPs as well. Just absolutely. I mean, I didn't have a great lineup, like 128 points, but that was enough to cash across the fucking board because everybody seems to be dog shit at DFS. I don't know what it's going to take for you guys to enjoy the ride, but get over to fantasyguru.com because we're. I think we're the only place on the planet that actually still make our own DFS lineups. We're the only people advocating, not an optimizer, not projections. That's every other person on earth. That's all they do. All of our competitors, all they do 
at this point, I don't think they know how to build one lineup. I don't think, I really don't think they know how. I think you ask nine out of 10, quote, DFS players, they're going to say, stack, and then fill in the blank, whatever bullshit. Stack team, stack Vegas game, high total. Chargers, Minnesota, blah, 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 blah. That's all they're going to do. They have nothing else. Nothing else. So obviously, when players do very well that aren't in the the featured game, if you will, right? It, it, you know, when um, Mike Evans goes off like he did last week, like uh, T. Higgins goes off like he did last week, they, they have no fucking nothing. Nothing. Saquon, nothing. They've got nothing to say. You know, nobody's sharp enough to use a Sam Howell no, or, or even Tannehill or Russell Wilson, some top-scoring quarterback like Daniel Jones. They didn't even use him. Like, they're so fucking dumb. And they're all going off the same projections. This game has gotten easy. Now, full disclosure, I got to say, I'm not thrilled with our members over at fantasyguru.com either. I'm really not. I'm actually quite embarrassed. It's an extension of myself, this website, and what we've been able to accomplish over the last five, six years, and specifically weeding out so many bad influences, bad people that didn't want to really, didn't care about the customer, didn't care about the member. Like we've done such an amazing job and now have such a great staff to then be just railroaded almost by a very, very small percentage of subscribers. So let me, let me tell you guys, I want to ask you guys a question. Why? Well, number one, I want to ask you why you're so, why are you so angry? Why is everybody so angry? It's if it's about fantasy football and betting and DFS. Sure. I get passion. I, I get anger. Fine. I get it. Why are you so angry already? What what exactly, and I mean exactly, do you think is over? What has ended? What result came in? Week one? Week two? Okay. that Those have come in. We know those results. They're in the tank. Is tomorrow it's over? I mean, I don't know if... Some people are just drunks because I know during the pandemic, a lot of shit got like everyone stayed home and day drunk and I was, I'm all about it, man. That sounds awesome. But I think some of you guys got hooked, like hooked really bad that you're starting drinking at eight, nine in the morning on a Sunday. And, and the thing is I grew up around alcohol and my brothers, sisters, and everybody but my mother, my dad, was alcoholic to the highest order, raging. My dad was a raging alcoholic. And so I'm not like, but I I know it's inside of me because, fuck, I could put down, if you ever see me swig bourbon, you know I could put it down with the best of them, so I have to control myself. Um, luckily, I'm not a violent drunk, and I'm not a mean drunk. I don't get angry when I'm drunk, but some people do. My dad did. My dad did it. And you would change your personality. And I see it. I'm sitting there in the man's cave discord room and I'm watching people 
go from cordial and nice to mundane to withdrawn to to uh, whatever you start like poking the bear, you start like fidgeting a little bit to full blown fucking asshole mode. And I just watch it happen. And I'm like, wow. And I don't know. Is it alcohol? Is it the money that you spend on your leagues? If so, you're spending too much money on your leagues. You're spending too much money. What are you doing? You got to rein it in. If Is it that important to you? And if it's not the money, if it's not the alcohol, then what is it? Do you feel so bad about yourself that the only way you're going to feel good is to win? I hope that's not the case because I'll tell you, in case nobody else tells you in, in your real life, I don't even know you. 99.9% of those listening to this podcast, I don't know you personally at all. But I know that there's something about you that if I spend five minutes with you, I'd be able to say, oh, okay, that person, that person's really handsome. That person's really tall. That person's really uh, kind. That person's really smart. That person's really witty. That person's really caring and empathetic. You know, that person's got a good soul, a good aura, a good vibe. There's something about every one of us. Each one of us was born with a set of skills that maybe we don't even know. Maybe we don't even understand it yet. I, I You know what I mean? Saying I'm a great communicator. I'm very good at it. Ha, have always been. But if nobody told me that, my Uncle Ed, I've told the story many times. If he didn't take me aside and say, hey, kid, you know, what you're doing, not people don't do that. Most people are scared to talk to people and in front of people. And, in, you know, people are scared of that. And I was like, really? I, I didn't have that context. I didn't know that. And he's like, make something of it. So if you're able to do that, do it and look at it. National radio, 13 years, millions of listeners a day. It, it's going pretty well. I communicate. That's what I do. Well, I don't look very good. I probably don't smell very good. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't do well. Cooking. I <laughs> know not great at carpentry. My dad and brothers are not me. Like different things like that. Like I don't do those things well. It's okay, right? It's okay to not do everything well. If you don't do fantasy football well, fantasy sports, but you'd like to, that's what I'm here for. It's what our staff at Fantasy Gurus for or wherever, whoever else. I'm sure you probably listen to other podcasts or radio shows. That's what we're here for. Why don't you put some trust into us? Let us help you. But in order, did you hear what I just said? Let us help you because I'll tell you, I kicked like 20 people out of my Discord room the other day, and we've got 25,000-plus subscribers, just so you guys don't think we're some rinky-dink shack or something. like. I mean, there's, it's fast, and it's furious, and it's wild, and it's fun when it's going well. Um, or you know, It's fun just being together most of the time, but I had to kick 20 people out the other day. 20. I've never done that in my life, but I'm not having it. The negativity, the only finding negatives and let me answer a question that nobody has asked too you don't need to tell me if a player isn't doing well if i recommend i am what i don't i've never missed a fucking moment i know more football i'll just say to your i know more football than you there's nothing in the world it's not possible for you to know more you don't i promise it's okay. 
this one that you know a lot more about me than I do and every other thing. There's no possible way you're not going to, you know, you're not going to win that thought. You're not going to win that idea. Some of you are combative. You get, I think it's jealousy. My confidence really bothers some people. I've I've caught on to that for the last few years and I understand it. I try to curb it, but it's I'm sorry, it's just I'm know what I'm doing. And I know what I'm doing at the highest order. It won't always work out. But again, I didn't ha- tell you to draft any player. I never said any player. Actually, maybe I did. Kadarius Tony. I told you you get 5 to 11 games out of Kadarius Tony. All right, that's what I told you. And I told you, I'd start him every game. He's there. It's exactly what's happening. It hasn't worked out so far. Well, not not terrible last week. Much better than the previous week was dog shit, of course. But you see, when I was like, every other play, I never said, hey, after two weeks, that's it. If he doesn't perform immediately, never told you when any one of these players was going to do great. The only time I say that is in DFS. If you're mad about that, okay, I understand that. Fine, but we fit, we're two and zero. Haven't lost yet. I mean, you know, maybe this is the week. Who knows? But people, you're very upset. Justin Fields, Najee Harris, um, Javante Williams. You know these different players, and it's just why are you? Nothing has happened yet with this. You're talking about one touchdown can move a player after the first two weeks from running back 38 to running back 20, one touchdown, right? It's that dramatic. So if one player has a good week, two touchdowns, a hundred yards there, they become, and there were running back 30 going into the week. They will likely be in the top five the following week. That's how dramatic it rises. Now, if that happens in week 14, 15, absolutely not. He'll move from running back 30 to running back 28. Cool. 27, maybe. That's a different story. You got to let these things play out. I don't know what makes you so angry. You know, I I watch um, really enamored with Colorado Buffalo's football. Let me talk about that for a second, and I'll get into the rest of this. I know you guys really, some of you, I had, I have to filter you out too. I I do. I have to talk about this kind of stuff because if I don't, then I allow it to happen. Or when I haul off and kick somebody out, they think, why, what did I do? And I got to let everybody know exactly where I stand. And you guys get mad being lectured on the radio. Then don't act like buffoons. That's my advice. If you don't want a boss or a superior or an inferior, it doesn't matter who. If you don't want somebody giving you a lecture or yelling at you, then don't be an asshole. Right? Pretty easy, simple, I think. Deion Sanders, Colorado. So let's talk about this. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the 60-minute interview I did. I never know what to make of Deion. I, I feel like Deion Sanders is the best example for how p- people feel about me sometimes. I don't, I never liked Deion. 
Never liked the way he went about his business. I never liked him as a player ever. I respected the fact that he had game and he played both sports, even though I thought he was a dog shit baseball player. But now that I'm older and more wise, I kind of realize, wow, what he did was really fucking impressive. But Dion has done so many things since his career, and he's been great at all of them, literally all of them. And the thing that enamors me is how people fluctuate. <laughs> Week one, first of all, nobody would hire Deion Sanders. He tried to become a college football coach years ago. Nobody would hire him. Nobody wanted to. So then he went to uh, HBCU. He went to Jackson State. And what the part that is fascinating to me is how nobody wanted him. Florida, Florida State, his alma mater, that he's not on good terms with. Like he, They should have rolled out the red carpet. Come here. Do that here. So many schools all over the country could have done it, and no one did. Now, people want to say racism's dead. It's absolutely not. It's absolutely not dead. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to go woke and start fucking preaching and shit about that either because I hate that side of it too. But it, it, it does exist. And the reason we know it exists is because Deion Sanders ruffles people. A confident black man does bother certain segments of our population. I, it, it just does. I don't know why. I don't know why. But in fairness, though, a confident white guy bothers a certain segment of the population as well. So I think people just don't like when somebody's confident. In today's modern time, I've learned they don't like you if they can't tear you down. Every time I kick somebody at Discord, even though they know, they still go to support. They have to run to somebody. Think about it. Any one of you that's ever you know, gotten into it with me, where do you go? You go to support or you go to Twitter? It's the only thing you got. You know, that's the only thing you got. And it doesn't work. It can't work. Sirius XM, it's not going to work. I haven't done anything wrong to you. But you want to run and tell mommy because you're so fucking used to it. Dion doesn't care. I don't care. And the fact that nobody would give him the job is why he is now strutting him, his stuff and why he should. Because so many people said no. Why were they 24-point underdogs week one against TCU? Right? And now, two weeks later, he was 20-point favorites against Colorado State. Does this sound like a familiar lesson that I'm talking about fantasy football? Two weeks ago, not one person wanted to, or let's say, let's go eight months ago, nobody wanted to hire Deion Sanders after immense success doing an amazing job at Jackson State. Everybody made their excuses about it. Everybody said, oh, small school, HBCU, no, we can't do that in the big time. Can't do it, Division One. can't do it. I heard it over and over. I heard it because all the college boys, they don't like new people. They don't like anything challenging their way, walk of life. They don't like it. And then, he, then, so they said, oh, he can't just turn around the roster. He can't do that. So they made him 24. He should have never been 24-point underdogs. Never. Never. Even against – everyone knows TCU took a beating and lost a lot of great players. There's no way that should have been. But everybody wanted to deny it. And when you deny somebody that much, 
then when they do rise up and beat you, you're never going to stop hearing the end of it. And that's what's going on with DN now. And the fact is all the exact same human beings that said no chance, can't do it, can't win, no way against TCU. No, the same people, just two weeks, two weeks, it's all it is. Two weeks said, oh, there's no way Colorado State's going to, Colorado State has no chance. That coach is an idiot. How would you challenge Dion? Why would anybody do this? You can't. He's going to rip through you. Two fucking weeks later, it's it. This is how fickle some of you are. You blow in the wind. You don't have any ideology. You need to find religion or something. You don't have anything. You just keep blowing whatever the crowd thinks. And you're not thinking rationally by yourself. Because there's probably 80 schools that should offer Deion Sanders a job. Right? He would have been, he should have been about a 10-point underdog, maybe 12-point underdog against TCU in week one. Not 24. That's a grower. They should have been 7 to 10 at the max point favorites against Colorado State. But everybody rushes to one side. Everybody flocks to it. And now, what do we got in fantasy football? It's the same thing. It's the same. Puka Nakoa. Holy shit. Like an hour before recording this podcast, ESPN, honest to God, real life, tweeted out, Puka Nakoa is on pace for 212 receptions that would break the single season record by Michael Thomas. By 63, like, are you fucking insane? Like, how fucking stupid? Serious question. How fucking stupid do you have to be? I mean, this is a question that everybody has to answer. Because I don't know if you all know this, but... Like, if every single player right now, if Christian McCaffrey were to keep up this pace, he would rush for 2,300 yards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, if he already, if everybody were to just keep these paces, Christian McCaffrey would go for 500 fantasy points this season. Um, Fucking uh, Raheem Mostert would set the all-time touchdown mark. He'd go for four. He'd go for, was it? Uh, he'd go for 30, over 30 fucking touchdowns this year. Right? Yeah, he'd go for, I mean, he'd go for fucking, yeah. He would go for, yeah, 34 touchdowns this year. Like, are you fuck? is anybody playing with a full deck anymore? Like, does it exist? That's the question I have, because how in the world could you think any of that shit is going to happen? If you just take anybody's two-game sample and project it out, you're out of your mind. We know Cooper Cup's coming back. How fucking crazy is this? It's so insane. And I just worry about the mental health of some people. Because it ain't realistic. And I'll tell you, you know, from my standpoint of this, 
is there's a reason a lot of my peers in this industry, in the fantasy sports industry, even fuck it, even radio, man. You know, anybody you admire, who do you admire? McAfee, Rogan, uh, fucking, um, uh, trying to think, uh, Colin Cowherd, maybe, um, somebody like that, whoever it is, none of them, they all share one thing in common. Even if you wanted to go back in the day, fucking Rush Limbaugh or Bill Maher. I don't care what side anybody's on. So I'm just being equal to everybody. I don't, whoever it is, uh, Rachel fucking Maddow, Tucker Carlson. Do you know the one thing none of them do? None of them do it. That is interact with you. None of them do it. I have long thought that the reason that I thought that I think most celebrities are kind of phony. They're built up. They do something big once. And then you just kind of get built up and you get a good gig and you're on fucking MTV or Carson fucking daily, or you're fucking Fox news or you're fucking whatever, whatever big shot time you get. And then you just, these people are scared to death because they know they're phonies and frauds. So I have, oh, I've made a career of 18 years in this business. The thing I love the most, the apps, I love being called out. I love being, well, let me preface, uh, I shouldn't have said called out. I love a discussion. I love conversation. I like being in front of the entire world where a point has to be made. That's a challenge to me, and I love it, and I accept it, and I love it. I love our discord. I love ha- love social media. I loved it and embraced it for years. Now I'm realizing that I'm the dumb one. I've been the dumb fuck this whole time. The whole time I thought, because nobody wants to be around any of their fans or listeners or members of any of their m- groups because it's unfucking bearable. Because if they try to watch a game with them, like literally a minute 30 into the Monday Night Football game, I was getting harassed about Najee Harris. Um, Can we watch the game? Can, Can it happen first? Can something fucking happen before we even, like why the immediacy? Why do you have to go there? And it's just not fun. It's just, and you know, I am starting to recognize a different side of the world. Have money in your pocket, 401ks all built up, your retirement set, your houses could be paid off if you just, you know, click on an app. You know what I mean? Like if you have plenty, the money's not the thing anymore. You're older, more tired. You don't have anything to prove. What the fuck is the point? And the thing is, if this is happening to me, who's a piece of shit, fine. But think about everybody else. Think about all the good people in the world, the good cashiers, the good drive through attendants, the good gas station clerks, the good people everywhere. Why? And, and by the way, most of you are those good people doing other jobs. And I bet you think the same thing I do. Why the fuck am I dealing with this? Right? And what it always goes back to, because I have to, because I got to pay the mortgage, got to pay the bills, I got to do that. Well, what if you didn't have to? 
So what we're going to do is just drive people to earn it and then go the fuck away. You know, the smartest thing, smartest people in the world are one hit wonders. We make fun of those people. I live in a land down under all those randos flock of seagulls. And we think, Oh man, what a you know, like one year wonder. Whatever happened to those guys, they got enough money to never have to worry about money again and just fucking lived like a king. That's what they did. That's what they did. They're the smart ones. So anyway, like we're going to drive good people away. And if you don't believe it, look at like Dion Sanders. And the thing is, Dion in Colorado, the thing that will interest me is if Dion does ever jump to the NFL, and I don't mean ever. I mean, eventually, of course, he may. He may want to take that challenge. But he right now is doing it for all the right reasons. Cares about the kids. He's growing them into men. He's challenging people that are not used to be challenged. I love every single thing that he's doing. I love it to the top of the mountain. I love it so much. But if he were to like jump after this year or next year when his like when his son comes out or something, I'm gonna have a rough time with that because that will just tell me, oh fuck, all this was bullshit, wasn't it? This is all bullshit. I don't, I don't, I believe in him now, but I guess time will tell. All right, let's get into waiver pickups this week. Listen, Joe Burrow is going to be injured. I don't know as of this time, we don't know if he's playing Monday night football. I lean towards yes, but I can't risk it. Players to pick up for Joe Burrow. Brock Purdy against the Giants. Uh, I think that's a great streamer. Brock Purdy is the best streamer like every week. Pretty consistent, reliable. San Francisco has played nobody so far, so uh, that's good for them. I like that one. Um, uh, Desmond Ritter, I don't really, I don't want to fuck with Ritter. I really don't. It's okay, but not ideal. If you can get like a Russell Wilson, I would love it. Um, you know, I don't want to go anti Richardson. Somebody I'm sure got by this point. So those are your probably your best options. Quite frankly, I, I think those are the Stafford. Ideally, if you Stafford would be the best option if you have Burrow. Because that way you if Burrow starts, you could play him on Monday night. Otherwise, just swap in Stafford. Other waiver pickups. Obviously, Jerome Ford, I told you, push all their chips on the table. There will not be a better waiver pickup this year. The only way it's better is if there's a one later on. Right. And what is it? I mean, Bijan would have to go down and Algier would have to be a free agent. Neither one of those things is likely to happen. So I wouldn't go far on that. Roshan Johnson, bleh. it's fine. I Listen, man, I don't want a piece of Chicago Bears offense. I don't want any piece of it. I, fields and more, I'll still believe in both. I believe in both the talents, but I don't want to mess around. That's a run game I'm not interested in. Other waiver pickups, not touching Tony Jones, not touching Jaden Reed, not touching Tank Dell. I like Thielen. Thielen's all available in 75% of leagues. Wow. How the mighty have fallen. I'll, oh, here's one. Two guys I didn't get to talk about. Uh, maybe I'll talk about on Wednesday's XM show. I, I have no idea. Good connect. There's two quarterbacks out there. They're having trouble. There's, there's a 
15 having trouble. Russell Wilson and Daniel Jones. I think that now I'm an Isaiah Hodgins owner all over the place. I'm also a Paris Campbell owner and they're, they're just not throwing those intermediate passes right now. They are not doing it very well. I mean, I guess it's only really been one real game because that first game they gave up, but they didn't play the first half either. But Jalen Hyatt made an amazing catch. Uh, literally a game-saving catch for them. Jumped up, full body, went up and got it. And they need more of that. That's the thing Darius Slayton brought to the energy he brought to the table for that Giants offense in the middle of last year when they desperately needed it. That's Jalen Hyatt. If he's available, I would really consider him. They don't have a bye week to week 13. So depending on how deep your benches are, he's a guy. And then Marvin Mims. Russ loved Marvin Mims this past week. Uh, you know, Brandon Johnson got those two fucking catches. One was, you know, I hope you guys know that was a Hail Mary. Um, that you didn't think like, oh, my God, this guy's got 97 yards and two touchdowns. Like, yeah, but that wasn't real. But Marvin Mims, man, Marvin Mims, you know, deep throws. But I think there's going to be a lot of either deep balls or throws to- short tosses to the running back and or Jerry Judy. So, you know, Mims, Mims is a guy and, you know, we've talked about him a lot, but he's that deep ball threat. Uh, my guy, Sandra Anello calls him the Devery Henderson of this offense. And I agree. And I think that's very playable, especially when we get to the bye weeks. Uh, and then Zach Ertz, a lot of people asking me, what do I do at tight end? I'm struggling there. Maybe you have a uh, Dalton Schultz, who I would heavily recommended. I'm not ready to give up on Schultz, but I do really like Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, Josh Dobbs is a king. He is a fucking king of throwing to the tight ends. Just an absolute king of it, and it's not going to slow down at all. I mean, they play Seattle twice this year. Granted, one's the last game of the season. Seattle's the worst team in the league guard in a tight end position, but you got a great week seven matchup. I love Zach Ertz right now. I mean, you know, 12 catches already on the season and uh, not going to change. And it's not like McBride has been a ghost. McBride is five catches, 55 yards himself, three for first downs. It's not like, you know, Trey McBride's not even playing at all. He's playing a lot, or I mean, enough. So Zach Ertz, and he, you know, does Ertz get traded possibly? But if you're worried about tight end, that's the guy I would go to. Um, other pickups. It's I mean, Robert Woods. Uh, I mentioned him on last week's show um, as more of the interesting player there. I as far as receivers are concerned, but you know, you get that. Otherwise, I'm holding like. I'm not going to punt a bunch of the players that I love or that I loved in the preseason after two down weeks. Let's talk about down weeks versus slow or slow starts versus hot starts. Will they continue? Anthony Richardson, hot start. Will it continue? No, absolutely not. Two injuries in two weeks. One of them being a concussion. One more concussion. There is a viable chance one more concussion this year, and he shut down. 
for the year. Like, that's it. They're not, you're not going to waste them on this team if they believed in him. Um, solid. He only has one passing touchdown on the season. So three rushing touchdowns has really been the, the, uh, the calling card here for Anthony Richardson, you know, he's the tight end or up tight end quarterback seven right now in fantasy football. If you were to just take his passing numbers and only those passing numbers, leave the rushing yards, even take away just the touchdowns. Okay. Do you know where he ranks amongst quarterbacks? He goes from quarterback seven to quarterback 30. He would have 0.3 point. Actually, he'd be 31. less than Kenny Pickett, if not for the rushing touchdown. But Jeff, they count. Of course they count. The yardage we're keeping. If we took the yardage away, he wouldn't even be on the board. But just be mindful of that. So he's not a quarterback 12. There's nobody in my top 12 I'd replace for Anthony Richardson right now. Kyron Williams. I don't care. I said it on the air, and I hope it pisses some of you off. It's the best call anybody's going to make. It is... The absolute best pickup and recommendation that anybody will have all year. It's already over. It's already done. I had him as a running back for the consensus was 118 on Kyron Williams. Okay. I just want that out there. I did it. Fuck everybody. If that's the kind of call you want, I already did it fucking over here's the thing you didn't listen you know i got my own people like i never heard you say that you think i won't go right at your face hole how did you miss it how i said it on xm i said it in the coaching breakdowns i said it in the rankings i said it in the projections i said it in discord i said it in the manifesto i fucking said it everywhere on air, on this podcast, everywhere. King's Classic Craft, drafters.com, underdog.com, everywhere I've got Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is my second highest owned player on drafters, and he's my third highest owned player on underdog. Fuck you, you didn't hear it. And then I got the guy who said it, I got him at, well, I got really busy at work and, you know, in August. Yeah, thanks. I thought you liked the other guy. I did like the other guy in April and May. I absolutely did. Kyron Williams moved up. But let's talk about, okay, we've established Jeff, you called it. Now's the time to trade him. <laughs> trade him away. It won't last. No fucking way. No way. Again, Kyron Williams, I just want everybody to understand if, like, this Puka Nakoa shit, if you were to say he's on pace for whatever, what do you get? 45 points so far. Kyron Williams would have 382 fantasy points, roughly, if he kept this going. Do you understand that's like top 10 ever? Yeah, never fucking happening. It's not going to happen. It's going to fall apart. I think the targets, receptions are viable. I also think his 3.6. Yards per attempt is probably viable. So sell. I mean, sell. If you can get something viable for Kyron Williams, you've turned a 15th, 16th round draft pick into fucking 
James Cook, Derrick Henry, you know, Aaron Jones, something. Oh, man. Our package of players, you've done great. Let's talk Puka Nakoa. Puka, Puka DeBeppo. Listen, number one, had him in the top 100 rankings at fantasyguru.com. His consensus was 133, I believe. So I was as high on him as anybody. Loved him coming out of school. He was injury prone in college, though. Already an oblique injury. Cooper Cup is coming back. And Matt Stafford is a ticking time bomb. I don't know what else you really need. Sell high, sell high, sell high. He's not setting the all-time record. I will guarantee you that. He isn't going to be close to 140 receptions. He will not. All right? He won't. Now, I'll say he's got two really good matchups. Bengals and Colts coming up. So we're playing them both weeks. Absolutely. Then the Eagles. Now he's got the Cardinals, actually. That's a pretty shitty matchup, too. But then he's got Steelers, Cowboys, Packers. Seahawks got a good secondary. Browns are dynamite. Ravens dynamite. Commanders dynamite. Saints very solid. 49ers. Like, the second half of this season for the Rams, when they're going to shut everything down, is going to be a bloodbath. Use them for the next two weeks and sell. Mike Evans, hold. He's going to be great. He's going to have a great season. Going to go into free agency, get a shit ton of money. Baker Mayfield, they're going to lose against Philly, obviously, this week. It's all going to, you know, all that's going to come back down. The 2-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not that going to last either, but nice little story. Mike Evans is still a very good player. I don't know what else you need to know. It's going to be 10 years of 1,000-plus yards. Hold them. Jordan Addison. I'm going to hold him. I don't think you're going to get – if you could sell high, I would think about it. But I think that he is developing into the number two, not just because of the touchdowns. Touchdowns are fluky. Osborne's been very active too. I actually think it's going to be the opposite. Osborne's going to be more the touchdown guy where Addison's going to get more volume. So I'm going to hold Jordan Addison at the start. Sam Laporta, oh, I used him in DFS, came through all right last week, even though I wanted more against the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not going to trust a rookie tight end. I'm just not. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Unless this, and I'm on Ross St. Brown has an ankle injury. If remember what Hawkinson did with when uh, I'm, I'm on God was out. If that's the case, you know, I, I guess I'll hold the Porta. I'm not going to sell him off just yet, but don't expect like tight end eight, nine production out of him the rest of the way. Slow starts. Joe Burrow, calf injury, not worried about. I'm worried about the calf, not worried about his performance once he's on the field. Justin Fields, uh, I'm worried about him on the field. Just awful. First week, he was not that bad. Second week, he's not near. The numbers aren't bad. It's watching that's brutal. And no, it, and don't be don't be an asshole. You sound like a racist when you say things. He's a running back playing quarterback. No, he's, not, he's a fucking quarterback, you absolute ignoramus. Justin Fields beat Trevor Lawrence in every fucking quarterback competition there was all the way through school, all the way up, fucking all the way. Just as good of a passer as Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields has no help. He's got no coaching. 
He's got he's got receivers now, but he is so his progressions have regressed. She liked all the guessions. So much. He is so vapor locked after they're doing things like having him have go into a seven stop drop after while out of the shotgun. There was a play where Justin Fields was 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, like looking downfield as if to pass. No wonder he doesn't fucking throw the ball. If I'm 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, an eight yard out would look like it's fucking forever. I'm going to throw 20 plus yards down the fucking field. That's insanity. That's play. That's Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator. That's Matt Eberflus, who's having a miserable start to the year. Najee Harris, not worried. Gets better starting this week. Miami Dolphins can be run against. A good pop on Najee at the end of last week's game. He's going to be fine. He's a horse running back. If Najee Harris falls in the end zone and all of a sudden he moves up another 11 spots, it's that easy. Uh, The only thing that is bad for Najee, uh, not a lot. Five targets on the season thus far. Jalen Warren already has 12. You know, those nine catches for Jalen Warren. Now, I want everybody to understand, Jalen Warren is 26 yards this year. I believe Harris has a 26-yard run. So, Jalen Warren's really not doing anything. Nine catches, 78 yards is solid. It looks good compared to the, um, oh, by the way, like, so now you flip it. Najee's 16 for 74 on the ground. And Warren has 78 receiving, right? And then you f- just flip it. And that's where the problem comes. Jalen Warren only has 26 yards rushing, but Najee Harris has three catches for just two yards. We all can see it. Steelers offensive line is playing like dog shit still, even though they made upgrades, tried to this offseason, still playing terrible. But it just gets better. You got, oh, I'm sorry, the Raiders this week. Then you got the Texans after that. It's tough because the Ravens then are tough. Then you get a bye week. Then you got the Rams, Jaguars, Titans are tough. Packers, Browns, eh. Bengals, Cardinals, Patriots, Colts, Bengals, Seahawks are the worst run defense in the league right now. That's how you finish up the season. It's going to be another big second half for Najee Harris. Miles Sanders, another player I'm just not worried about. Right, it, all the volume we want from our other running backs, we're getting with Miles Sanders. It's just a matter of time before he starts getting a little bit more receptions, and he's got to get you know break a big run or two, which is more than capable of doing, and get in the end zone. But that utilization rate is fantastic. I'm not worried about Miles Sanders. I'm worried about Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is probably going to be one of my worst calls of the year. I was very high on him. I have a ton of shares, if you shall say that, about Damian Pierce. Obviously, the offensive line has been disintegrated. Like Houston has lost everybody in their offensive line, and they didn't have a deep team to start with. Tunsil, um, uh, Tunsil, Titus Howard was... uh, have been hurt. Um, Juice Scruggs, their starting center. Scott Quisenberry, starting right guard. And uh, Kenyon Green, their starting left guard. Their entire offensive line 
All right, except for Shaq Mason, who was signed this this year. You got one new starter at right guard. He's the only one. Quesenberry was the backup. I forgot. Yeah, Quesenberry's brought in. Good backup, though. He would have been very good when fucking uh, Ken and Green went down. That would have been very good to have Scott Quesenberry come in, but he's hurt, too. So it's just complete abomination. And we're not having good quarterback play out of C.J. Stroud. Right, we're not we're not getting great quarterback play yet out of him, or any mediocre quarterback play. So that one's going to be bad. Javante Williams not worried at all. Did not like the fact that I don't think he had a reception this past week. That is not something that's normal. I'll bet any amount of cash anybody wants to that Javante's five plus targets a week kind of guy. Right, he just is and. You know, it hasn't started for him. I think he's out of shape. I could tell that after week one. I didn't have high expectations against the commander's defense. Still, he was averaging eight yards per carry up until the third quarter. Then just had a bunch of like parallel to the sideline type plays that I personally didn't really understand. But nevertheless, um, he's going to be fine. And Javante will be another real good asset for us going forward. And, that, and those are the things that we want. You could beat. Here's the next game, Miami and Chicago next two weeks for Javante. Then we got a tough one against the jets. Chiefs can be ran against Packers can be ran against chiefs. Again, can be ran against the bills can be ran against Minnesota's terrible. Cleveland's been tough though. You can run better and pass against them. Then the Texans, then the chargers who are terrible. Then the Lions, who you could run on, Patriots, you could run on, and Chargers are the worst team in the league in championship week. Don't trade or cut Javante fucking Williams, please. Jamar Chase, I can't believe some of you are trading away Jamar Chase for Puka Nakoa. It will go down to history as the absolute worst trade you'll ever make in your lives. It's really an embarrassment. It's just this. Good luck with that. I, I can't even comprehend. Drake London, I am worried about. I was high on the London. Um, I kind of escaped him, just was drafting running backs around where he was going. So I got lucky personally on that, though I know some of you probably didn't dodge the shrapnel because I was in on Drake London. I, I'm almost, he's almost a bench guy for me right now. Like that's a guy, all right, Puka, you want to trade Puka for give me two to three more big weeks over a bunch of mediocre ones for London. And I like London, the player. It's just so run heavy in Atlanta and it's not going to change, especially with that two and zero fast start like this. Um, let's get into the trench matchups for week. Number three, I am running out of real estate here. I guess I complained a little too much in the start of the show. Wah. Go cry about it. You f- pussies. In the trenches, Cowboys, Cowboys got slaughter those Cardinals, even though it's in Arizona. I want to make sure Tyrone Smith, Tyler uh, Smith is back. Their left guard, Zach Martin played last week as well. But I I think, I mean, this is the number one graded offensive line to defensive front matchup on the board this week. Chargers. Against the Vikings in Minnesota. Vikings are bad. I talked about what I said. Javante plays them in week 11. That's a real shitty. Vikings can't stop shit either on the ground. And then the Panthers. 
Uh, actually, against the Seahawks. Seahawks having trouble on the, that, too. Good week for Miles Sanders upcoming. The best passing matchups for the week. Uh, on paper, it's the Browns versus the Titans. Listen, no Nick Chubb. Tough to run on Tennessee. Pass funnel defense that we talk about all the time. At home, crank up Amari Cooper or Elijah Moore. Donald Peoples-Jones, possibly even. Should be a really big week for Deshaun Watson. Chargers and Vikings again. Chargers got another amazing matchup against the Vikings secondary, who is inexperienced and got tortured against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then the third one, the Steelers passing offense, though they suck balls against the, the Raiders. I have no confidence in Kenny Pickett. He looks like shit. Absolutely. They are better off just pounding the rock. Fuck it. Give Najee Harris 25 carries, throw six screen passes to Jalen Warren. That's your offense. Throw to Fryermuth if you're, you're third and goal inside the 10 or inside the red zone. And that's how the Steelers need to beat the Las Vegas Raiders this week. All right, Survivor teams of the week. Boy, it's a good week for Survivor. I think it's pretty good at least. Um, yeah, I think I think it's pretty good overall. Uh, lost the single game parlay bet last from the show last week. God damn, how the fuck? Fucking, that was a stanky game. Chiefs offense played absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, uh, boy, that's uh, that's that's not good at all. Let's get to the survivor teams. All right, the pen and the contest you're in. Obviously, Baltimore's in play, but we probably used them in Week One. I think that against Indy, 49ers on Thursday Night Football. There's no way the Giants have a chance. There's no way the Giants on a short just terrible. Do you use the Chiefs against the Bears? We all know that game is over before it starts. Bears are fucking drawing debt. We know it, right? Otherwise, they're going to use the Chiefs on the road against Minnesota. Use them at home against Denver, against the Chargers, against Denver, against Miami. I would say no to all those. No against the Eagles. Maybe at the Raiders, possibly. Chiefs don't really have a give gimme game. Bills, Patriots in Foxborough, Raiders at home. I mean, if you make it to week 16, that's the next real great opportunity to use the Chiefs. I say fuck it. Use the Chiefs now. Just just get it over with. Kelsey's there. He's healthy. Chris Jones is back. The Bears are fucking dog shit. It's just a layup. Kansas City Chiefs are our our team. Bet of the week, everybody. You know, it's tough with all these injuries, a lot of injuries in the trenches, skill position players as well. There's just an absolute host of them. So what I would like to do, we, you know, I, I had, I've had good luck with my three team money line parlay this, this year. This so far, I'm two for two on that one. All right. So, like those money line parlays, I kind of dig. I think that there's instead of doing the money line necessarily, you could possibly get better odds if you were to go and use alt spreads on some of these games. And honestly, I really like 
I'll pour everything into the 49ers, to be honest with you. Like, that's one that I'll pour just about every freaking thing that we have into that one. Um, but I won't do it. I'll, I'll try to, if we were to take the 49ers minus two and a half this week, combine that one with a couple other games that I think are absolute no doubters, one of them being that Kansas City Chiefs Chicago Bears game. Take the Kansas City Chiefs. I think minus two is going to be too expensive for us. But if we were to take, you know, a minus, I think you do minus three and a half on that one, right? Something like that. And then use as the third one, get in there that other late game that we like on Sunday afternoon, the Dallas Cowboys against the Arizona Cardinals. And use the alt points on that one for the in in the uh, for the Cowboys, and let's see what it, it comes out to. Uh, another minus fuck, minus. Uh, let's go minus three and a half with them. All right, that's uh, if you did minus three and a half, Forty ers Chiefs, Cowboys. That's a plus one fifteen bet right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. So that's the one. That's my bet. I'm going to do 49ers on Thursday Night Football minus three and a half. I hate doing three and a half bets, by the way, but I, I think it's, this should be, I would go all the way up to almost six and a half, but I think six and a half is just too much. So if you want to improve your odds, I have no problem with Kansas City and Dallas specifically. 49ers, I don't want to go more than three and a half. All right. But we'll just go with uh, the Cowboys minus three and a half, Chiefs minus three and a half, 49ers minus three and a half, three leg parlay. That's going to pay us plus 115 for the week. I mean, early in the week betting, go with what you know, folks. And don't worry. To make a plus bet is always a good idea, especially with things that are very, very likely to happen. Just combine them. I know it always sucks doing parlays and doing having multiple legs, but when they're absolutes, you know, I mean, any chance any of those team gets upset, I, I just, how? I don't know how. You know, I really don't. It, think about it in these terms. And again, 2-0 at fantasyguru.com, do it this. Your confidence pools. You guys have all done confidence pool. You rank the games one to 16, 16 being the one you're most confident in. Parlay your 16, your 15, and your 14 pick every week into just, just the money line. Don't even do the spreads. I did the spreads this time because it's so outrageous. So we had to give some points up to get what we want to get a plus bet. But I've been doing the last, last two weeks, won both of them. And again, one was 125. The other one was 135. So that's really the way to go about it and do it uh all right folks i think i've talked your ears off enough episode 174 now in the books i want to thank everybody for coming out thank you for listening thank you for enduring it folks if you're part of the fantasyguru.com if you're part of the man's cave i want to stress to you that i don't need to hear how bad a player is doing i promise i know I don't need context. I don't need to know that your team is struggling. Those are not things for the manscape. 
We have an NFL room where I'm in at least a couple times a week. I have a DFS room where I'm in a couple times a week and a betting room that I'm in a couple times a week. Okay. That's six out of every seven days. I'm, I'm, seven days a week. I'm in multiple rooms, including all seven days in the manscape. The manscape is not for that shit. And I'm going to kick you out. We are positive vibes in there. We root for each other. We can talk football. But talking football is not how some player that I obviously recommended is struggling. It's not. I'm not fucking dealing with it. I'm not going to deal with it. And all it's going to do is force me the fuck out. And I, I don't have to be there. I'll kick you out and I won't be in there. So, you know, that's just how it's going to go. And if you can't handle it, get the fuck out. Jeremy Piven's character in Entourage, Ari Gold. Get the fuck out. I'll leave you with that, folks. You may disagree with some or every damn thing that I said on this episode, and that is perfectly all right. Why? Because, man, it's just one man's opinion. That's all we're doing here. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Best of luck in week three. We'll see you next week. Deuce. Thank <laughs> you.